Hello, and welcome to Improbable Things. I'm Jay Grace Pennington, and this is my podcast where I share six improbable thoughts before breakfast, which are six thoughts that I have about reading, writing, or science fiction for this week. So I have got my six things ready, and let's get started. Number one, uh, just giving another update on my book Firmament Humanoid, which is still being released on Kindle. And basically I'm releasing it in very short episodes. So even though I'm doing them every weekday, it's going to be a little while before it's finished, you know, getting put up on Kindle. However, the editing itself is now done. My editor finished up a few days ago. I'm still working on going through his edits a little at a time and just, you know, accepting or rejecting them or, you know, having a conversation with him about, you know, if something needs to be changed or maybe needs to be tweaked. But, um, so the editing on his end is done. I'm still going through them, but, um, there's just a few chapters left. So right now I have it, I have episodes scheduled through about the middle of March and I'm not done yet, which means it's going to be at least April before the um, paperback and ebook can come out. Although once I finish the editing, I am looking to get some ARCs out, um, to readers who can get me some reviews because, um, I really need to work on getting more reviews <laughs> for my books. The last couple that I published have, I think re- respectively zero and one reviews. So definitely something I need to work on. So if you are interested in a copy to have a little sneak peek at early, and review for me in exchange, um, please let me know because I am looking to get some of those out there. Number two, I've also been going back through my older books and just doing a few little revisions on them. Um, and still working on the first book, Radialloy. It's going really well. I'm staying on schedule with it. And, um, I definitely, it's very satisfying to go through and there's just things, um, again, no major changes, but a few typos, but more, it's just things like some sentence structure that was off or just some unnecessary adverbs that I now would not put there or things like that. Just little things that I can just tweak. Um, and then changing Andy's age. Um, and there's also a few other little things that I'll mention in my next item, but I will say one thing that maybe I should have expected, but for some reason was not expecting when it comes to going back and revising is just how bittersweet it is to revisit the early years of the series and these characters. So it really has been so much fun to be back here at the beginning of the series and at this beginning point for so much of what's happened in the lives of my characters, because I really do love these characters if you're not a writer, I know it sounds weird, but they are just so real to me and mean so much to me. And so getting to kind of go back in time and see them is really sweet, but it's hard because so much has happened to them since these times that has been really difficult. And in particular, I'm not going to give details in case you haven't read the series yet, but there is one character who has died at one point in the series. And going back and seeing that character is the most bittersweet thing of all, for sure. Like, it's almost making me cry a few times when this character turns up because I just love this character so much. 
and their death is a huge turning point for the series, and the characters continue to grieve, you know, for many books afterwards, and it influences a lot of things that happen. And so it's very important, and I made the choice for a reason, but it's still sad. <laughs> and I still, I miss writing this character because I loved, I loved them. And so, yeah, going back and seeing it is actually kind of hard. Like it pulls on my heartstrings a little bit, but also nice to just get to revisit and have that opportunity that you don't get in real life to, to actually go back in time and see how things used to be. Number three, one other kind of small thing I'm having to check is some of things like my distances and the starship velocity and things like that, just like general series consistency type things, because there are places that are mentioned where they'll be like, oh, this happened at this planet, which is in sector, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm having to think, okay, well, later they go there. And did I say it was at that sector? And then I go and look. And then if it's not, I have to think, well, which one do I need to change? And so yesterday, because basically what it needs to be is whatever needs to happen for the story. So if I needed them to take a certain amount of time to get there, then it needs to be that far away. So, uh, but then for, to figure that out, I'm having to go over all this math. So yesterday I shared, um, on social media that I was having to Google how many astronomical units are in a light year because, uh, because I needed to know that. And then I needed to you know, divide the number of astronomical units so they could travel in a day or rather multiply that by the number of days I needed them to go and like how fast, because I, I actually did, I think I mentioned to create, um, formulas for how fast they can go at different speeds back when I started the series. And I just want to keep it consistent and I'm definitely OCD about it. Um, and so the fun, the ironic thing about all this is I do not like math. And I was thinking about this earlier this week. I went to a meetup for Warm Up America, which is an, a charity that knits and crochets things for the homeless or for preemies, cancer patients, you know, people that are in need. And I love making things to donate there. And there's meetups, local meetups they have sometimes where people will bring their donations and also just sit and knit and crochet together. And it's just really sweet and a great group and so fun to see all the beautiful things that everyone else brings. But all that to say, I had brought a scarf I was knitting and one of the ladies there, one of the organizers was asking about it. And I told her it's a Fibonacci scarf. So this, these stripes are actually the number of rows corresponding to the Fibonacci sequence. And she was like, Oh, that's so cool. I love it. And she said, are you a math nerd? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I I am fascinated by the Fibonacci sequence from a scientific perspective and because I think it's just a cool um, exhibition of God's design in the world, but I am not a math or a numbers person. But And yet it, se it seems to keep coming up in my hobbies, which is weird. But all that to say, I was trying to figure that out yesterday and remembering how much I really don't like this sort of thing. But And I, I also know that nobody, I hope, or don't think that anybody is going to be going back through the series, looking at every single distance they travel and speed that they're traveling and see if they can. Also, nobody else even knows the formula <laughs> besides me, or maybe I have actually shared it, but either way, nobody's going to do that. And also nobody really cares, but I just want it to be generally consistent. 
So if I'm not even that worried, like if I make a mistake with it, whatever, but I just was wanting to check myself. So that was not fun. And there's still some things I'm sure I'll need to do along those lines as I go through the series. But if you're going to write science fiction, you have to get a little bit into the science. Number four, um, also earlier this week, I had a midwife visit, just got, you know, general checkup conversation, hear the baby's heartbeat, which is always very exciting and everything was great. But, um, sometimes it can definitely be a little bit of a challenge, you know, bringing all the girls with me, but the midwife's used to having kids around and she has toys there for them to play with and all that. So what was really sweet is that as soon as we walk in the door, the girls pull out the basket of toys because they know what what's in there. And my Lolly, who is just a little over 18 months, she, she looks at me and signs book and says book and runs over and gets like all the books out of the basket, which there was maybe like eight or nine various little books. And she grabs them and comes and just settles next to me on the couch and just sits, sits there and reading all the books while her sisters play with toys, her big sisters. And she's just a little tiny baby is sitting there while I'm talking to the midwife, reading her little books. And it just warms my heart, those kinds of things. This girl loves books so much. Like she's obsessed with them every time we get in the car, because we keep a little stash of mostly board books in the car. And every time we get in and she gets buckled into her car seat, she again signs and says book. (laughs) And I'll give her a few little books and she just reads them. I mean, obviously she's not reading, but she already loves them. So Um, I'm just excited for her to grow and actually learn to read and, um, hopefully she'll still love books just as much. Number five, speaking of reading, I am currently reading, uh, Hannah Coulter by Wendell Berry. And this is our book club book for the month. Um, and it was actually one that I, um, had wanted to read and had wanted to suggest. And so I'm really excited that it got picked. And I'm one of the people that's going to be doing the food for this month. Um, so I'm, you know, as I'm reading, paying attention to what kind of food is mentioned <laughs> so that I can get ideas. Um, and my friend and I have been texting back and forth about food ideas. And I think the food's going to be delicious. But anyway, um, the reason I wanted to read it, it was another one of the recommendations in that book girl book that I read last year that I vowed to try to read all the books in um but not only that i've also just heard it mentioned a couple of other times by people that i you know book people that i follow on instagram or even people i've talked to as just being such a good book like every time it comes up people that have read it have said oh it's so good and so i had never even heard of it until i read the book girl book and i'd never heard of wendell berry either but she recommends so much of his work in that book and so anyway i'm close. I think I have like four or five chapters left. So I'm pretty close to the end and I can definitely see why it's beloved by so many people. And it's interesting because I, I, I think the style is kind of not necessarily unusual, but it's just kind of unexpected to me because the vast majority of it is in summary or narration. And there's not a lot of action or dialogue or anything like that. It's this lady remembering back over her life and just kind of recalling it. And a lot of it is described in sort of these big chunks of time and some of it's not necessarily in order. And so, you know, the, 
the whole like show don't tell thing seems like it's not being followed. And yet I realized that it is, it's just in a different way. What is being shown is not necessarily the events, but sort of the truths about the events by the way that they're being written about. So anyway, style is definitely very interesting and it's very beautiful. And I've had so many, um, quotes that I'm stopping to, um, take note of. And that's not something I usually do. I'm just normally not that dedicated to note taking. And even in this case, I'm not actually really taking notes. I'm just taking a picture of the page and then circling the quote that I want to remember. (laughs) Although I may go back and write them down in my book club journal, transcribe them. But anyway, there's so many passages that I just read and then I have to go back and look over it a couple times because it's just so good and true and beautiful. And I also think that that's, it's partly just that, like there's not a lot of books out there, especially now, um, that are just good and true and beautiful. And I've talked before about the wholesomeness of things like Anne of Green Gables, where there's just a purity and a beauty to it that just in and of itself, even regardless of the story, which the story is beautiful also, but it's not, it's also just the quality of the story and of the book. And so I'm really looking forward to the discussion. There's a lot of things in it that I feel like have spoken to my own life where something reminds me of something that I believe or something I've gone through. And so that I think will make for really good discussion. I expect others will find that as well. Um, I know a couple of the ladies have already read it before. And when it was suggested, they were like, oh, it's the best book. So I think it'll be a great discussion. Hoping everyone else is enjoying it. And I'm glad to be reading it. Number six, I've been, especially as we're beginning a new year, and I've also had my new planner that I've been filling out and just trying to learn new strategies for marketing and business. All of that has just caused me to do a lot of thinking about writing and marketing my writing and all of that and how that fits into my life. Also working on my taxes has me thinking about it. (laughs) And, um, it, I also was just had a conversation with my mom recently just about, you know, working from home or having kind of a side business like this as a stay at home mom and what that looks like and what people expect it to look like and just kind of all that. And it was interesting because, you know, she and I were agreeing that there are things that on paper, it seems like you should be able to do that just maybe don't work out in that same way. Um, when, you know, in, in real life, in practice. And I think, so basically what I do and what I've found, and I, I did not always do this, but what I've found as I've been reinvigorating my business and my writing over the past several months is that really what works for me is I can do about a couple of hours of work a day and it can only really be either at rest time, nap time, or you know, like early morning, like I'm doing right now or at night, basically it has to be when the kids are in bed. And I haven't always done that. And there were some seasons also where I was doing different things. Like I was doing some legal transcription for a while and I would have the girls occupy, you know, get them occupied and work on that while they're awake. And partly that's because I just want rest time to be a rest for myself. (laughs) I didn't want to work during it, but I've just found, especially too, like there are seasons and and as they get older, 
they do need my attention, I think, in some more direct ways. So, but, but even, I do think, even back when I was trying to do more, like, while they're awake or more during the day, it, there it was overwhelming in some ways that were not necessarily good for us. And it just seems like, you know, oh, they're just playing. Like, they don't, you know, I, it seems like I have nothing to do. Like, why could I not work on my writing or work on this or that? But it just doesn't like, even if they don't need me this second, they're going to need me in one minute. You know, they still are needing my attention, even if they're not literally needing it a hundred percent right at this exact second. Like they need me to be available to them. And I need to have the freedom and flexibility to focus on whatever is needed, you know, during the times that they're awake. And so I've just basically committed myself to that at this point. And again, I'm not saying it's always going to be that way. Like once they're much older, you know, and like are doing more school on their own or something and that will probably adjust as well. But I just think I've had to become very aware that writing and all the business side of things, all of that is not my primary job and not my primary calling. And so I just have had to make that decision that even if it seems like I should be able to go do some work right now. You know, they're just playing or they're just this or that. Even if you know, they're just watching a show, like they, I need to be present for them because that is my job right now. And again, I'm not saying that's a hundred percent the same for everyone in every season and every family. Um, but I just think that's what I've discovered for me that has been, and for my particular children, that has been the way that I need to commit myself in this season. And so that means that I am limited in certain ways. Like there's only so much you can do in a couple hours a day and you can do a lot. Like I do get quite a bit done. Like I usually, I usually try to make, you know, about one hour for writing, editing, revising or whatever. And then one hour for like promotion and advertising, stuff like that. And if I stay focused, which I'm getting better at, you can do a lot in that time. But you know, it's still a limitation. There are still, you know, if I had a full time, you know, work day, I could obviously do a lot more. So it does limit me, but I've had to learn to accept and embrace those limitations and embrace it. That as the calling that God has for me right now. And I think just coming to that place where I know the amount of time and the rhythm in it that works for our family and that I accept that and don't push against it, there has been this amount of peace and really freedom in that because I know I have, I have a very clear direction and I know the purpose of the moments in my day. And I think that's really valuable. So definitely, again, I'm not saying that, you know, a mom can never work when her kids are awake or that you can only work two hours a day, nothing like that. But just finding what that rhythm is and finding the amount of time that really, like not fooling yourself, I think, in the amount of time or the amount of effort or the amount of work or hobbies or whatever that you can fit into your day with kids and not pushing it further than what actually works and where you can actually thrive and where your family can thrive has been so valuable. And so I just really encourage that, like putting thought and 
you know, even like trial and error and experiment and seeing like, does this work or do I need to do more or less? And I've even had freedom in the seasons where I just needed to say, I can't even focus at all on writing and all of that in this season. Like usually, especially right after I have a baby, which will be the case again <laughs> this year for a little while. And just having to say, you know what, what I can just sense that I need and that my family needs from me right now is for me to just let go for a little while and being okay with that and not feeling the pressure that no, I have to do like my two hours a day. Like there are seasons and there are times that you have to be in tune to what you need and what your family needs. So, um, it's just been a huge blessing to me to put thought into that and to, to work on really sticking with what actually works for us and what's not going to be overwhelming for me because an overwhelmed mom, um, is not necessarily going to be what the kids need. <laughs> so thank you all so much for listening. I really appreciate everyone that takes the time to listen to this each week and um, all the messages or notifications I get about people listening or thoughts people have about what I've said just absolutely makes my day. So please feel free anytime to reach out with any thoughts about things that I've said or just thoughts about anything reading or writing related or honestly anything. I love having conversations with fellow story lovers. So let me know um, about your current projects, works in progress. Are you a math nerd? Maybe I can you know, get you to figure out some of this stuff for me. Um, and also if you've read Hannah Coulter, let me know your thoughts because I'm super excited to discuss this book and also would love to hear how you have made your either side job or hobby fit well into your life and where you've been able to thrive because I'm, it takes a lot of dedication and, um, you know, just figuring things out and it's hard work to, you know, fit something that's important and creative into your life. And so I really admire everyone that takes the time to do that. So again, thank you so much for listening. Hope that everyone has a great day and a great weekend ahead and stay improbable. Bye.